0: After 175 attacks against our troops stationed in the Middle East, we struck back, uh, finally, as hard as we have thus far, on Friday night hitting 330 locations in Yemen and then following up with another uh, hit in the wee hours of the morning Saturday morning. The question is now, how much of the Houthi offensive capability remains intact? Is this an end to the attacks on our people? Uh, we wanted to touch base with Elliot Abrams, Senior Fellow for Middle Eastern Studies at the Council on Foreign Relations, also former U.S. Deputy National Security Advisor under President George W. Bush. Mr. Abrams, good morning. Good morning, and you know, I, I got to say congratulations, right? Yes, Lions. Yeah, it's a 32-year a m- monkey, a gray-haired monkey uh, <laughs> off of off of our backs here in the Motor City. So yeah, we're all a little uh, bleary-eyed here this morning because it was like having 20 cups of coffee before we went to bed last night. Yes. Uh, so I, I've got to ask you, first of all, the timing of this. Uh, I, I, I trust you were probably like me, saying, what took you so long?
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Um, I, I think we waited too long. Uh,
1: and you can see it in the fact that so many ships have stopped using the Suez Canal. And, you know, that, that going around the Africa means um, higher prices for us and for everybody else. So I don't know why it took the president so long. Um, No real explanation.
0: What do you think happens because of the strikes on the Houthis? I mean, people are are concerned about the war uh, intensifying and expanding. Do you think that happens?
1: I don't. I think, uh, first of all, that it was expanded by the Houthis, and we're trying to uh, stop them from expanding it further. You know, since we hit them, Um, there's been one shot by them at at a ship. Uh, I think that's predictable. They weren't going to do zero. I think we don't know yet whether that's the first of, you know, 10 today or tomorrow, or uh, they're really going to slow down. And that's my guess. I mean, we hit them. We can hit them again and again and again. I've seen news stories saying, well, you know, we only knocked out 20%, 30% of their capability. Fine. So you hit another 20, 30 percent next time. So uh, I think they're going to slow down. And I think the, you know, the decision makers here are in Tehran, Iran. I think the Iranians, are going to tell them, slow down, guys, slow down. You're not you can't take on the United States of America.
0: But it, it does seem like that the Biden administration and you and I are both asking why, well, Everybody that has Joe Biden's ear is saying, you don't want to widen the conflict. Mm -hmm. As we took hit after hit after hit, they still have, according to the New York Times this morning, three quarters of their offensive capability intact. How concerned should we be about that? We should
1: be because it means that if they get the order from Iran uh, to do it again and again and again, They will. And, and, you know, Iran's in a wonderful situation here. They're using proxies like Hezbollah in Lebanon or Hamas or the Houthis in Yemen. And they seem to be immune. That is, they never get punished. They never pay a price. Okay, the United States, hits the Houthis. Who cares? In Tehran, they don't they don't seem to care very much. Uh, My guess is that the Houthis cool it. Now, now that they've seen the U.S. is ready to act, they know that once Biden's taken that step, it's not a big deal for him to do it again. So uh, I may be wrong. You know, we'll find out in the next week or two. But my guess is that the Iranians tell them, "Okay, fire off a missile once a week, just so it looks as if you didn't completely um, let the Americans um, scare you. But I think they're going to do a lot less now.
0: Uh, Mr. Abrams, your thoughts uh, about Gaza, Hamas released video showing three Israeli hostages in captivity. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said, quote, nothing will stop us from destroying Hamas. So what is next? What is the plan when, say, they do believe they've gotten Hamas?
1: Well, they they face, uh, I mean, it's a horrible situation. They face uh, a real decision now because there's some talk of doing a deal where, A few thousand of the Hamas fighters and their leaders leave and they go probably to Algeria uh, and all the hostages are released and then the war is kind of over. And that's great for the Israelis because they'd get their hostages back, the ones who are still alive. But it's bad for the Israelis because they will not have destroyed Hamas, which is what they said they were going to do. It's a really tough decision, because if you ask Israelis, I got back from there last weekend, that is uh, eight days ago. If you ask them, what are you trying to do? They're trying to destroy Hamas, and they're trying to get the hostages back. And if they've got to choose between those two, that's very tough.
0: We have a new president in Taiwan. He is known as a hardliner in terms of Taiwan remaining uh, somewhat independent. What does that mean for that very troubled region and the relations with China?
1: I think it's a good sign for all of our friends in the region. You don't have to be terrified of China. The Chinese tried to interfere in that election. The Chinese, Chinese tried to scare Taiwanese voters away from voting for independence for a party that stood for independence from China. And it didn't work. It did not work. So I think it's a good message that the Taiwanese have courage. They want their own country to be independent of China, and they're not afraid to vote that way. That to me is a good sign. Um, Will it mean that China, you know, changes the date of the invasion to tomorrow morning? I don't think so. They are pretty heavily dependent on the Taiwan economy for chips and many other things, semiconductors, and they don't want that all destroyed. I think it's a setback for China, and it's good
0: for us. The Washington Post said China sent warships toward Taiwan after the election setback. So what are they, just uh, gauging what they want to do next?
1: Uh, They're trying to scare them. They're trying to scare them, and they're trying to scare everybody else in the neighborhood. And that's why I say I think the fact that the Chinese were in, the Taiwanese were not scared off. Um, it's a message to Australia and and Japan and uh, South Korea, Vietnam. Um, stick with it. You don't have to be so scared of China. Courage, guys.
0: In, in terms of our relations with China, one of the things that former President Trump is vowing is that there will be a 10 percent tariff, not just on Chinese goods, but all imported goods once he is elected president um in terms of what that will do for the american consumer i guess remains to be seen but is it safe to say that our trading partners would retaliate
1: i think they would i, I think it's a mistake and you know it would raise the cost of everything for most american families i think the better thing to do is something we've started which is uh, get out of china that is you know, people who are uh, who have factories in China, manufacturing in China, should be moving those to other places, to Korea, to India, which is getting a lot of it. Um, slowly but surely, there's a move out of China. I think that's the way to do it. Not to impose a 10% tariff on on everybody. You and I are going to pay for that because so much of what we, you know, if you go to go look at Walmart, so much of what we're buying is imported.
0: Well, and it's a stealth tax, isn't it? I mean, you you really don't know what you're paying. And here we are trying to get an inflation under control, and this is something that would raise prices. It would definitely raise prices because, you know, importers,
1: uh, manufacturers can absorb something, but they can't absorb that full 10 percent. So prices would definitely rise. I don't see how it makes sense, either economically, because, as you say, it would contribute to inflation or in foreign policy terms, because It fails to distinguish between friends and enemies. It's treating everybody alike, no matter whether they're for us or against us. I don't
0: see the logic. Elliot Abrams, it's always a pleasure to connect with you, and uh, we appreciate you spending your uh, Monday morning with us. You're very welcome and again congratulations. <laughs> Thank lines. you. Thank you so much you can you can see the glow even from here, can't you? <laughs> I can. <laughs> all right. Take care and hopefully all of our troops stationed in the Middle East are safer uh because of what happened over the weekend when we come back. Another watershed moment but this time in the financial world as Bitcoin is now being traded uh as exchange traded funds. Does that mean it's less risky for people like us that may not even understand Bitcoin? We'll check in with one of our favorite financial analysts next on JR Morning.